following program is a presentation of Fox Sports Radio Charlotte, the free Fox Sports app, available from Apple or Google Play, and always online at foxsportsradiocharlotte.com. It's time for the Uptown Sports Crowd. Here's Mackie Gallagher with Ben Cole. Good morning, Charlotte. It is time for another edition and episode of the Uptown Sports Crowd right here on Fox Sports Radio Charlotte. Thank you for tuning in. My name is Mackie Gallagher, and I always have my companion, my boy, the dude who moved here from Raleigh slash Boone, so that way he can get into radio. Ben Cole, how are we feeling on this Sunday with an extra hour of sleep? Mm. Definitely feel more rested, more for rested. sure. For sure. You said your cat even feels the daylight savings time. Yeah, because my cat usually wakes me up at like 7.30, right before I have to go to work every day. But then today, it was 6. It was 6. Even so, she was throwing off an hour. <laughs> so she wakes you up for, you know, to get food, to get, yeah, to get she, breakfast. Where you said, nah, we're waiting until 7. Or did you did you give her a little, oh, a little I something, gave something in. before? You I gave, gave in. in. Yeah, I woke up because she'll just sit there and meow in my face. She knows exactly how to wake me up. Yeah, yeah just, like she'll call out my hair too. She, just, she does not care. And you're like, don't touch the hair, like Jesse Katopoulos. <laughs> don't touch the hair. Yeah, and whenever Goon is just staring at you, like it's those deep dark eyes and that one lazy eye. <laughs> and the lazy eye that's <laughs> and it's off just like the... I know you're trying to look at me, and it's just so adorable that the effort you're putting in. But no, very happy that both of us and your cat was able to get an extra hour of sleep. It is the Uptown Sports Crowd right here on Fox Sports Radio, Charlotte. We got a lot to talk about, and a lot of the stuff that we are going to talk about. Well, well, Mackie, this game happened you know, <laughs> over a week ago. The Panthers and the Falcons are already done. Well, we talk on Sunday, so <laughs> we, we got to wait. with what we got. And we're going to jump into it because Panthers-Falcons, now I don't... Ah, the outcome. It's been quite some time. Oh, Panthers lost in overtime. <sighs> no, victory growl, no victory growl today. No. That Last was week, I was all about the growls. This week, I'm all about the despair. <laughs> the size. Dude, that game was insane. And I like and like I said, I know if you're listening, you're probably like, ah, this, this happened so long ago. Why are we talking about it? Because our opinions mean the most, and <laughs> we have yet to talk about it in the last week or so. So, I'm just kidding. My our opinion doesn't. That was a joke. That was a joke. But with the Falcons Panthers, that game, I said this on the show and I said it to you before. I said these Falcons Panther games, these NFC South games, any divisional game, it's up in the air. All these teams know each other. They've been playing each other twice a year for decades upon decades, and uh, you never know how the game's going to turn out. And I will say that the ending of that game, I was not expecting. Uh, Anything close to it. The fact that the Panthers scored 21 points alone in the fourth quarter, like when I look at the box score, I'm just like, oh, my goodness. Mm -hmm. What was this? It was points. (laughs) Points. Late in the game? No way. There's no way. And both of these teams who have had somewhat stagnant offenses throughout the season just shined. Late in the game. I know. Who would have thought the Panthers' defense was going to be the concern? And I don't even know if they were the concern. No, yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, like, looking at the box score and watching the game. Where's the defense on this one? But they got some huge stops. I mean, like, Dante Jackson, once again, I'm going to call back to our show last week where I said, Dante Jackson, I don't know what to – I like him on the team. He brings the energy. Uh, He's a funny – he seems like a cool guy based on the interviews that, like, I've watched on these behind-the-scenes stuff. I don't know him personally. But – the very first pass of the game. 
I said he'll either give up a long touchdown or he'll make some play to where you're like, ah, I, well, we, I want to keep you now. But uh, he got that one-handed interception. Yeah, that was a good pick. First play. It looked like it was thrown right to him. I right, mean, like yeah. he was the receiver. And the way he was, like he was covering the receiver. He was uh, like didn't leave any space between him and the person he was guarding. And then the ball just falls right in. And he catches it. And I'm like, oh, great start. Nothing really happened after that. But that's a perfect example of Dante Jackson just making crazy plays that we haven't seen DBs on the Panthers defense make in quite some time. And he does it somewhat consistently. It's true. No, but that game as a whole was just the epitome of the Panthers season. It was, yeah, it was. It was fun. It was fun to watch, though. Although I did lose my voice multiple times in it. Um, but so, uh, as you know, uh, it's been that game determined who was the first place of NFC South. Right now, the Atlanta Falcons. They are four and four, so they are first in the NFC South. Unfortunately, the Panthers are two and six, and both the Bucks and Saints are three and five. But with the Panthers being two and six, these last couple of games, including the win against the Bucks, and now this game, there's some kind of hope. Yeah. That okay, like a lot of issues that we were seeing when Matt Rule was head coach, we're not seeing as much of. So it's nice to see some kind of coaching adjustment, which is what you want when you get a new coach. For sure. Um, but the individual aspects of that game, Deontay Foreman had a career-high three touchdowns. That was his back-to-back. Uh, that was his second consecutive game of over 115 rushing yards alone. And I've said it so many times, I was very, very, very happy with that pickup in free agency. That was mm-hmm. one where I saw, and I was like texting a couple of my friends. I was like, oh, this could be huge for us. Um, and it turns out that it is, you know, post-McCaffrey trade. But the way Deontay Foreman runs, like his physicality, and then if he gets to that second layer, that second zone of the defense, you can really see his speed take off. Mm -hmm. And I loved watching him run all over the Falcons defense last week. Yeah, I know. It was very fun to watch. And just seeing the consistency, like you said, I thought it was a good pickup, too, for the Panthers. But, you know, filling that gap of McCaffrey being gone and then having a 100-plus yard rushing game your first week in is magnificent. But, you know, it could be a fluke. But then you go and do it the next week exactly. and put up three touchdowns along with it. Mm. Mm, that's what I'm saying. Mm. The chef kiss. The chef kiss. And then Chuba Hubbard was out last week. He is out again this week. Uh, traded for Chuba in one of my dynasty leagues. Um, yeah, I am down bad. I'm 0-7, 0-8, however many weeks. You said football. you traded for Chuba? Yeah, well, it's dynasty, and I had nobody else. So I was uh, an expert. So what you're saying is you're not good at fantasy. No, I'm good at fantasy. My four regular ESPN. It's okay, Mackie. It's okay no, if ben. you're not good at fantasy. No, Ben. No, Aren't I you? am good at fa- Ben. I am good at fantasy. I have four ESPN leagues that I am all over 500. One of them I'm six or seven and one in. In my dynasty, we're an expansion team, Ben. You got to cut me some record? slack. Oh, my dynasty team, I'm 0 and 8. <laughs> I just but, wanted to hear it. I'm 0 and 8. But it's because we got crumbs. We got crumbs. When I was in Wilmington, my friend's like, hey, we need two, two more people for this league. We'll do an expansion draft to where y'all can draft. And then y'all can take players that we don't want anymore. So they were locked. So they, like, you know, the Jamar Chases, the Joe Burrows, the Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, of course. They, they're going to keep them. But then I'm like, all right, who's my first pick going to be? Ah, it's between Tyler Higby and Corey Davis. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and so those are who I am relying on my dynasty team. And I had I had Raheem Mostert. Mm-hmm. And some guys, I'll give, you, I'll give you Hubbard, and I was like, "Well, Mostert's older, Hubbard." I, but I got, I got first rounds on deck. But no, I am, I am buns at my dynasty league. Mm-hmm. Um, other fantasy leagues, you can't tell me I'm not good at fantasy, bro. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. We might yeah, fight in the studio. Yeah, at least we aren't people that were like, "Oh, I'm going to take Jonathan Taylor number one." 
Oh, heck no. Yeah. Wide receiver's the way to go, low-key. There's yeah, like well, two or three running backs, but wide receiver's the way to go. Yeah, I think it depends. I think if you have like a first pick, it's you're better off going like elite wide receiver who's guaranteed the most targets every week, like mm, a Cooper Cup. Definitely. Over a re- even like, you know, Chubb or Derrick Henry, who's going to get a lot of carries and might get a touchdown a week, but... Yeah. Don't know. Well, Chubb's actually balling because I love Chubb because he's going to get you 100 yards a game. So he'll get it's you true. that 10 points. It's the touchdown and all that stuff. But I don't know. I've, a lot of my draft picks were between like that three and six to where it's like the running back on left on the board is like Najee Harris. And then I got like a Justin Jefferson or something like mm-hmm. that. I'm like, I'm going Justin Jefferson. Yeah, you're going Which is Jefferson. a great pick. But, uh, but yeah, I went wide receiver heavy in one of my leagues. I'm in uh, five total football or uh, fantasy football leagues. I went wide receiver heavy. And I, like, I love my wide receivers. And I was like, I don't need a running back. I got Ramondre Stevenson with the Patriots. He's been carrying me. And then I'm relying solely on the Chuba Hubbers, the Kenyon Drakes, the Cordell <laughs> Pattersons. Hopefully he does something this week, not against the Panthers. But enough about enough about my fantasy team. As much as I want to talk about it. But uh and speaking of Cordell Patterson being back for the game after they played the Panthers, I saw a crazy stat that I want to talk about. What? Um if the Falcons lose to the Chargers today. Every team that has played the Panthers this season will be like 0-8 the game after playing them. Wow. Everybody beats the Panthers, and then they're like, whew, we got this. We got it. <laughs> we, we don't need to practice. <laughs> <laughs> and so the reason I bring that up is because do you think <laughs> – can this be something? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Every team has lost after playing the Panthers. Can this be something to where the like just the way the Panthers play them, the physicality of, of which they play their opponents, you know? To where they might not be able to put more points up to them when they play, but they just take something out of them. They gas them for the next week, or am I just, or am I just reaching for the stars on this one? Uh, I, I think that's not a coincidence. I don't think you're reaching, but I don't think that's the case. I think it's more <laughs> like the NFL is a very competitive and hard league, and it's just hard to win two weeks in a row, especially if you're not an elite team. I don't. You, I've told you I don't like it when you use real logic to to. <laughs> Prove that I'm wrong. Yeah, Come on. that is true. Nah, that that makes sense. So the NFL, I think, is the hardest, sp- one of the hardest sports leagues to play in, just because you know. The but phys- you're right, the physicality with the, it. I say the physicality of it, and then you have a week or more to prep for every opponent, unless of course you're on the Thursday night football game or if you have a bye or something. But I just saw that stat, and I just thought that's kind of like I was trying to think of like what could be the case for that, and I would think it could, like I think it could just be well, the follow, physicality. Follow up question: All right, how, did you look at some of the games that these, like who did you look at some of the teams these other teams were playing the week after the Panthers? No, I did not. Because like the Chargers, you know. Yeah, they're they're down the bad right now are, with injuries. They are, but they could still easily beat the Falcons. Oh, they one hundred percent can. But like if teams were playing you guys, and then the Chiefs the week after. You know what I mean? Yeah. Then that that would make more sense. Yeah. But it is just 0 and 7. Yeah, I guess I should have looked at the like the disparity of the opponents of which are like our Cuz I wonder if they do playing. that when scheduling. Like the year before they're like, "Oh, well we know the Panthers are going to be buns." <laughs> so we'll put them there and then we'll put the we'll put the Bills after. <laughs> we'll, put the Bills at, we'll give them the easy win and then Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs the next week. No, that's 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 pretty cool. And when I saw that stat, I just I kind of just got to thinking because I said it 12 times already this show, but the first thing that came to mind was physicality. Offensive line had been playing great. Fantastic. Bradley Bozeman did amazing mm-hmm. uh, last week again. 
Uh, and then even the defensive line, like, you know, the the big talk was, is Brian Burns going to get traded? Because the trade deadline was Tuesday, and or this past Tuesday. And, you know, they said Burns is one of the untouchables, but you never know if someone comes and yeah, offers something. Thank Jesus. Right? I wanted to see Burns stay. Right. And he's happy to oh, say yeah, he's he happy. Said it. He, yeah, yeah, he came out in the interview and said it. And I believe the Rams offered two first-round picks and Cam Akers. But what? Those first-round picks were in, like, 2048 because yeah. they don't have any first-round picks? So, I mean, I'll be telling my grandkids that. But, but, can you remember when the, we're, we're basically draft? I don't even know what that was. But we're basically, we're basically recruiting eighth-graders. <laughs> we're just like, all right, right, let's go down to East Mech and see who the Panthers are getting in seven years. Oh, my goodness. But, no, yeah, I don't like – my question is, how do they even have first? <laughs> what is this cap guy doing over there? I don't know anything about cap space. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, I'm, no, make believe. I'm no accountant. Is money real? We'll discuss that later. But the fact that they can pay all these people that still trade first rounds after still not having a first round for like the last four years and two more later. Like, yeah, it's insane. It's insane. The Rams, uh, whoever the uh, controller, whoever the uh, accountant of the Los Angeles Rams <laughs> is, uh, I'm going to give you my number because I got a couple outstanding balances or balances that we need to figure out. And you seem like the guy to do it or the person to do it. So... The Bengals are coming up next, and uh, with the Bengals, with Joe Burrow uh, playing kind of, you know, Jamar Chase is out. They still got Tyler Boyd. They still got T. Higgins. One of the things I'm happy that Brian Burns is staying is because Joe Burrow has been sacked 29 times this season. That's a lot of times. He's been hit 55 times this season. That's even more times. Both of those are second most in the league. And Brian Burns has just been immaculate with getting back to the quarterback. And sometimes, you know, he might not be able to convert on the sack, but just those pressures and just throwing a quarterback off of their rhythm is all you really need uh, in a defense, especially if, you know, you have DBs playing all right, which uh, C.J. Henderson is he's doing good. Jeremy Chin's unfortunately out, but J.C. Horn is still my guy. I'm still impressed with every game that he's been playing. So Brian Burns being able to stay for the Carolina Panthers made me super happy because I do think on the defense he is the core of the defense. You for got sure. the you got the young studs. You got Derrick Brown having a breakout season um, in the front uh, on the defensive front, and you have you know these young cornerbacks, these young safeties. But Brian Burns, you can tell he is the one that commands the defense. He is the captain of the defense. Uh, before we preview the Bengals a little more, we got to talk about. The Falcons and the Panthers. Okay, good. Because I, I thought you were going to jump right into the Bengals. No, no, and I, I was, was like, just... I need to hear your thoughts. Because we were texting about it when it happened. Yeah. And then we were also talking about it on Twitter. We got to talk about the fe- the ending yeah. to the Falcons-Panthers game. So if you somehow are a Panthers fan and don't know uh, six days later how that ended, um, I'll try and do like a, one of my classic recaps. So it was back and forth the whole game. Kind of turned into a shootout in the fourth quarter. Panthers tied the game at the beginning of the fourth. Then the Falcons got a field goal. Then the Panthers scored a touchdown with three minutes left to go up 28-24. So the game, it was 28-24 with three minutes left, and the final score ended up being 37-34. That's pretty crazy. That's that's like all the points that were scored at the end of the game. So, yeah, Foreman gets that touchdown, and then the Falcons, um, Bird just has that crazy cutback pass, like 47-yard catch where he just Sits in the zone, great, just read by him. Mm-hmm. Sits in the zone, catches it, and then just cuts it across the field, outruns all of the Panthers' defense. That was exceptional, but big chunk play. It's exactly what you can't give up if you're on defense. Former Panther Demir Bird as well. Yeah, but uh, so the Falcons take the lead, 31-28. There's like two minutes left. Panthers still got all of their timeouts. Good game management, Steve Wilkes. Thank you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, 
So then they come down the field, and then P.J. Walker records the longest pass in next-gen stat history. I mean, he flung that thing. Like, that was insane because he just rolled out, and it, and it looked like he was, you know, getting ready to go deep. He did and the, it did the cock back. And, yeah, and then he threw it, and they zoomed out, and I was like, oh, damn. He's throwing to the end zone. <laughs> he, he's going all the way. And then he hits DJ Moore, who was already having a big game, but he that catch made up for a big drop earlier in mm-hmm. the fourth quarter on a big on a big play. So, uh, oh man, that was that was crazy to watch. What yes, a what was. a just connection. And then um, and then DJ Moore takes off his helmet. You know, big Selly guy. I like it. I like it. I'm hyped too. I'd be amped too. I, mean, I lost my voice. So he can take off his damn helmet if yeah. he pleases. But he takes off his helmet. Ref goes, flag. Exactly like that. <laughs> he was like, hey, that's a flag. Not so fast. <laughs> it's like that Key and Peele bit where he's dancing in the end zone. And yeah. then Jordan Peele's just staring at him like, do it. Do that's it. two pumps. No more pumps. And there's third pump. They're going to throw a flag there. You can't, we know three pumps is the limit here. Um, no, it really was like that. So DJ Moore takes off his helmet. They call excessive celebration or unsportsmanlike. I don't even know what it the was actual unsportsmanlike penalty or but something. But it's like, like that. it's a specific rule with the helmet, though, right? Yeah, being he, on the field of yeah, play. Even though he technically was in the back of the end zone exactly. and the play was over, but but we'll just stick to brass tacks here. Takes off his helmet, gets called for the penalty. Eddie Pinero misses the extra point, a forty-eight yard extra point, might I add? It was forty-eight. Yeah, I mean, that's a long kick. <laughs> it's a long kick. I mean, he's a professional, but it was 40. It is true, but let's be fair. He has been pretty automatic this he year. He has been, which it, which I know it hurts. It makes it uh, hurt more. My fault. I won't interrupt. Again. Oh, you're good. But <laughs> misses the extra point to win the game. It's 34-34. We go to overtime. Overtime. Falcons win the toss. That's a bummer. Most teams that win the toss win the game. I fell to my knees. They win the toss. Then the Panthers get the ball back. Panthers get the ball back. They got it back. In Falcons territory. In Falcons nest. All we got to do is, you know, set up Pinero for a nice little chip shot. Well, let's go home. The return even let's, got us let's, in the field goal range already. Let's go to Arby's. Let's go to Arby's. <laughs> Not Arby's. I'm they a, have I the hate kicks. Arby's. But I can't remember exactly the sequence leading up to this. I know I'm dragging this out for the suspense. But I can't remember the sequence leading up to it. But what did the Panthers run before the field goal in overtime? Did they just run it up the middle three times? I forgot so much about this game. Whenever the despair hit my mind, I saw, I think, a couple of runs, maybe like a pass, but I think it was just kind of centering the ball. Yeah, I think they were just centering the ball. I will say I would have liked to have seen them try, not throw the ball necessarily, but just try and move it up because, I mean, why not? Wouldn't you rather kick like an 18-yarder or a 20-yarder versus a 35-yarder? But when you, when you, it's a 30, it was a 33-yard kick. I know, I know. I know. I'm just saying it looked like they weren't trying to. It looked like they were just trying to center the ball. But, as they should have. As they should. But Panthers run a couple plays, take down that time, bring out Eddie for redemption hour. And and I'm watching this. And Every Panther fan knew exactly oh, what was yeah. about to happen. I, I, <laughs> it was fan. funny. Well, I already knew he was missing the 48-yard extra point. No, when, 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 they the called, flag, when they called the flag, I was, like, I was like, that's hilarious. They 100% are missing this kick, yes. and he does. But then in overtime, it's like, you know, it's the, psycholo- it's the psychology of it. It's oh, like yeah. the dude just missed. He's been automatic this year. 
This is a second game-winning kick. How often do you get two game-winning kick and it's opportunities? it's just too easy. It's yeah, too easy. It's too easy. It's 33 yards. It's an extra point. You do it all the time. And when it's an extra point, it's like, oh, it's an extra point. You're not even thinking about it. But when it's a game-winning field goal in overtime, it's not an extra point anymore. And I don't know if he just psyched himself out, but he pulls it. And, you, you, I mean, you could tell he was upset with himself. Oh, yeah. He definitely, definitely. yelled the F word, I think. <laughs> Um, he said he pulled his hips too much, or he like turned his hips too much. So mm-hmm. I, I think he turned him. He said he overcorrected from the first kick. Yeah, exactly. Which, and mean, that's what tends common. to happen. That's it's what very tends common. to happen. Yeah. Um. So that was tough. And then Falcons come down, and then Ku um, does get redemption because yeah. Ku missed a field goal too. Yeah, he did. And Ku wins it for the Falcons. Um, that was that was crazy. So long. Point being of all of this. I've seen you your opinion on Twitter. I've seen other Panthers Panthers fans' opinions. Is this this is on Eddie, right? And from your perspective, but it, or can it be shared blame? Like, because in my opinion, the two events are like mutually exclusive. They I've are. seen a lot of people be like, "Oh, Eddie's got to make that kick. I don't care if DJ takes off his helmet." You know, blah blah blah. And I'm like, yes, but there might not be a second kick if the first penalty that, doesn't happen. That's true. Because then it is just an extra point, thirty three yards. He's probably not thinking about it like that. Mm-hmm. But he misses the kick, and then the psychological aspect comes in from all of it, and then he misses the second kick. And, and we've talked about it a lot this week, obviously. And there, and when you said the they're mutually exclusive to where the second kick doesn't happen without the penalty, blah blah blah, because most likely he kicks it. it. My thing, and I've told you this, is no matter what in sports, every game can come down to a moment like that. And I know you know that, but every game come down. Oh, if we got that first down and ran out the clock a little bit yeah. more. So my thing has always been whatever is given to you. Just perform. Yeah, you can't talk about what ifs too no. much. And, and and this is coming from a dude who gets nervous ordering at drive through. So I understand, <laughs> uh, like, and kickers. I think kickers low key are like one of the most hardest or one of the hardest jobs. Like, of course, you get like the paychecks are nice and all that stuff, but it's like shooting free throws when the game's on the line. Like, just knowing that all eyes are on you. Uh, but to answer your question about who's it's on, I will say the loss isn't solely on Pinero. Um, I will say at the end, Pinheiro costed the game based That's on valid. his, like, but I don't think the, like the Panthers solely lost because of the missed kick. Here's my opinion on it. So DJ Moore com- catches that longest air pass in next gen stats era from PJ Walker. It was a beauty to watch it. Yeah. Like PJ Walker really just unleashed him. DJ Moore had that drop on fourth down to where when he had it, the drive before. That was a great throw. That was another great throw. PJ PJ Walker had a bunch of great throws. There was that one where it went right over two hands Mm -hmm. of the Falcons defenders. But when DJ dropped that, I was like, ah, that's game. And, like, I was, like, frustrated, but, like, it's DJ Moore. Like, if there's going to be somebody that messes up, because I know DJ can make that play. Yeah. Later on, DJ Moore comes, and he catches that – he comes down and catches that pass in the end zone Mm -hmm. to – to tie the and game. By the way, I didn't mention this, but horrible, horrible defense oh, on the 100%. Falcons. It was How, just a straight fly route, dude. A fly route on like with a minute to go in the game, or less than like thirty seconds to go in the game, and they're at their own thirty-five yard line. What? How do you get beat? Exactly. He just ran straight. Just horrible. And but so, anyways, and so a great pass and a great catch. 
right there when that happens, DJ Moore makes up for it for that drop because no matter what, he still Redemption got an hour. He still got us in the position to win. Same with PJ Walker who threw that pick six right before the half, which was brutal. Mm-hmm. And like that's why you can't say this loss is solely on Eddie because I mean that that pick six happened right before the half when all they needed to do was just run out the clock. Yeah. But PJ Walker made that throw, made up for that big mistake early on. CJ Henderson who gave up that crazy touchdown to Demir Bird, which I, it just looked like the most basic pass and catch ever. Then he just ran sideways and scored for after 40 yards of running. Uh, C.J. Henderson gave up that play, got the interception in overtime to get the ball back to the Panthers' offense. I knew Eddie uh, was going to miss the extra point just because, like I said, as a Panther fan, when because that happened and all the Panthers needed was one point to win <laughs> and what they're doing is kicking an extra point, there's no way it can be that easy for Panther fans to watch their team win. Nope. So so we expected that uh, that kick to be missed from 48 yards. But then after that, in, in my head, I was like, watch him miss this for the 33-yarder. Like I was like, once again, it's just too easy. It's too short. Yeah. Um, and and that's why I think the end of the game you can quit on it because everyone who made a major mistake throughout the game that redeemed themselves redeemed themselves except for the kicker and that's, that's my valid. thing. But other than that, he was perfect, like you said, from forty plus yards between forty and fifty. And like, I just missed. I was about to say I just don't want to see any Eddie slander because uh, dude has been automatic and like yeah, it sucks. The this L is you know I guess majority on him, mm-hmm. but. Dude's been automatic. Can't fault him. Yeah, and this reminds me back to that. Guys are going to miss kicks. And this reminds me to that Saints game in 2019 where we had Joey Sly. I say Joey Sly's <laughs> name like uh, the family odd parent says Dinkleberg every single time. <laughs> Dinkleberg. Nah, but Joey Sly, there was one game against the Saints in uh, 2019 to where we're playing the Saints very, very well. Kyle Allen is picking them apart. Do y'all remember Kyle Allen? And uh, Joey Sly missed like an extra point and two field goals, including the game-winning field goal. But he was doing relatively decent i'm not gonna look good but he was doing relatively decent throughout the season but it's just that one game to yeah. where it's just like ah oh, why is it all happening at once um and that, that seemed to have happened to eddie but like just that missed kick was just so brutal and it wouldn't have hurt as much if that wasn't the game for the first place in the division no um, that's very true the fact but, that you could have jumped from last to first and that's what would because now it's just like okay what's all right what's the season looking like but that that still had a little hope because like I say every season, all you got to do is just be better than your division. And then once you get into the playoffs, it's just one by one. Yeah. You just got to see if you're better that week, which, I mean, that sounds much harder than it is. But and, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just the season starts over once you make the playoffs or once you make the postseason. Uh, this is, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say this kind of random, but I'm thinking about it just from a kicker standpoint. Because, you know, college, the hash marks are wider. Mm-hmm. Did I've always thought. Duh, it's easier to kick in the NFL because the hash marks are narrower. But now that I think about it, don't you think it could be harder? Because, like, you almost have less room for error. Yeah, I don't like know if they've done a study. Because, like, when you're in college, like, if it's on the right hash, you have a good amount of, like, leeway pulling it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, if Pinero's kick, I'm pretty sure it was on the right hash, right? Because yeah. he pulled it wide left. Uh-huh. If he's on a college hash mark, that goes in because the hash mark is wider to the right, correct? Yes. If that makes sense. Am I, I making I, sense? You're making sense. I'm but following. with the NFL, yes, you're like more in line with the goalposts, but you have less margin of error pulling it and pushing it. Yeah, as it should be in the NFL. Yeah, but, but no, I never thought about better. it that way. Like the distance of the hash marks in the field because hmm. Hmm. You need to be on that show, like, Sports Science. Remember that show? Is that still on? But they That was a great show. Like, every Saturday morning or Sunday morning, they would just come out, and they would be like, 
they'll be like, this is how much harder Serena Williams hits a tennis ball than a hippopotamus can bite down on a piece of prey or something like that. Yeah, that was a fun show. That was, a, anyways, that was a horrible analogy, but but I was that's just random thought. That's cr- hmm. and that's what he said in the post game interview is that he just pulled it too much. Yeah, and it's just I just want a good kicker. Me too. Not a good kicker, uh, just a consistent kicker. Because even the John Casey days, he was great, but then he kicks the ball out of bounds in Super Bowl thirty. <laughs> I can't believe that. Idiot. No, that was it. Was a. <laughs> Falcons Panthers never really disappoint, and they play each other November tenth, Thursday night, prime time. Panthers are debuting their black helmets, which I'm very excited to see. And speaking of fantasy, in one of my leagues where I'm much better at, because it's not an expansion team I could draft, just like everybody else was. I'm playing her for. Um, there's one extra ticket that my friend Nick has, and me and Jack Rich are in a fantasy game this week together. Only eight no team in the league. Wow. If I beat him, I get the tickets. Ooh, little uh. If he, beats me, if he beats me, he gets the ticket. And most likely... Something to play for. He will beat me. He's 8-0. And so looking, <laughs> looking forward to this week, we talked about... And the reason I talked about Joe Burrow and the Bengals a little earlier is just because keeping Brian Burns and then going against this uh, offensive line who has given up the second most hits and sacks so far this season in the NFL and the Cincinnati Bengals, uh, I'm really going to be excited to see how consistently this defense keeps playing. Because granted, they did give up 37 points last week. But I still think they are, or not I still think, I know, they are the ones that are keeping the Panthers within striking distance uh, throughout the games. And you have an offense that on any given week can be deadly through the air and deadly on the ground, even though they do not have Jamar Chase as he is sidelined with an injury. But, but still, Joe Burrow, I mean, he has weapons. He's exactly. going to— T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd being yep, your main two receivers you need. whenever Jamar chases out. You got Hurst, who has been having a few breakout games uh, as a tight end. And Dante Jackson is questionable. Ooh, I didn't know that. Jeremy Chin is still out, I believe. But— No bueno. What's, what's your feelings on Joe Burrow? I'm personally a big fan. I like Joe Burrow a lot. I'm, like a big fan of him as a guy? Just, just like as a player, as a quarterback. Oh, I mean, yeah, I'm like indifferent. I I like him. You like him? You don't like? Uh, do you think he like? Because you know, I think he's he is hyped up by the media a lot. Do you think he is? Uh, you know, as hyped up as uh, he is made out to be, or rightfully so. He did go to the play or the Super Bowl last year. I'm about to say, I feel like it's pretty valid where mm-hmm. his like, you know, rank is. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. I don't know Joe Burrow. Me, you know, he's quarterback. He is indeed a quarterback. <laughs> He'd be throwing it. <laughs> He'd be throwing it. And with somebody of a stature, Joe Burrow, it just kind of makes me nervous with the with the defensive backs, with the secondary. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, T. Higgins and Tower Boy, they are fast. And all you need is a breakdown in coverage. And the Panthers, for the last couple of years, have been struggling with tackling, arm tackling. Linebackers haven't been covering as well. Yeah. Uh, offensively, do you see the Panthers, you know, keeping up this uh, – this street, P.J. Walker is getting his fourth consecutive start. I mean, I think P.J. is only getting more confidence. As he should. So, and I love how Steve Wilkes is sticking with him. Yeah, in a 300-plus yard game through the air last week, mm-hmm. you know he's going to be he's gonna be slanging that thing. And we talked about it early on was D.J. Moore. I was like, how is, like, and that's what my, that was probably my biggest knock on Baker other than, like, you know, him just not being good for the Panthers. <laughs> but, uh, like, I just didn't understand how we just can't get the ball to DJ Moore. And you said it the first show after D- PJ was named starter was you loved how he just said, I know I can make throws, but I don't have to or something like yeah, that. Like, I just need to get the ball to my playmakers. And DJ yeah. Moore is one of the biggest playmakers on the team. Yep. No, look for DJ to have a big game today again. 
And same with Deontay Foreman. I'm really loving the way this offensive line is uh, playing so far. Uh, and they, I, oh, I didn't realize over 50%, 317 passing yards and a touchdown for P.J. Walker. I know. That's what I'm saying. I know. I, I, I know. It's that pick six that right after halftime. It just, and in that pick six, it wasn't even like a – it, it was it wasn't good. It wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. Like he was blind. He he was he couldn't see where the that the defense had dropped back and they had read the screen mm-hmm. or kind of well yeah like he was just trying to get it to his running back. I feel you, but yeah, right before the half, you can't be throwing. Yeah, that picks. you're right. You're right. Bengals Panthers today at one in the Queen City of Cincinnati. Not Charlotte. Uh, what do we think the final score is going to be? Once again, as always, I do think every single football game is one in the trenches. But I like the confidence that this offense is playing with. They're playing with a lot of urgency. They have a lot of timeouts at the end of the halves, which is great. And the defense is doing a good job of preventing offenses from, you know, going on these long drives. So, you know, let the uh, offenses cool down and vice versa with the offense staying on the field to let the defense get some rest. Um, based on last week's game, and the way both teams are playing, you know, both teams are still trying to find their identity, I believe. I think it's going to be a relatively high-scoring game. And, like, relatively, I just mean, I think I think the final score could be 28-25. I'm going who? As much as the fan of me wants to say, I, I'm going to go with Bengals. I'm, I'm going to go 23-20 Bengals. Okay, so a little lower scoring. Yeah. They only put up 13 points last week. That is true. Like, the offense just hasn't been as explosive as last season. That's last, what I'm saying. Granted, last season could be considered a fluke and, if they don't keep it up, but, yeah, but I don't. we're still figuring that out. And granted, the Panthers, you know, obviously are not an objectively great team, but the defense is their strong suit. Exactly. And looking at the Bengals this season, they've struggled on offense against good defensive teams. They've mm-hmm. only put up a lot of points. They've only had that explosiveness against teams you would expect them to, yeah. you know, kind of whoop up on. Like, they put up 35 on the Falcons. That's a good point. Uh, they put up 30 on Saints, but they only put up 17 on the Ravens. Only put up 13 on the Browns. Mm. And Panthers are pretty much right there, middle of the and pack. That's what with I'm the saying. Defense. So I, I, I definitely think this could be a game where, you know, defense could win it for them, make uh, a big play. All right, you heard it from you heard it here from Ben. You said 23-20. Who? Cincinnati. Cincinnati. <laughs> so we both we I, I I want the Panthers to win, but we both got the Bengals thinking uh, they'll be coming out on top. Uh, don't go anywhere. This is the Uptown Sports Crowd. That's Ben Cole. My name is Mackie Gallagher. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about the Hornets, the other professional sports team here in Uptown, because they're 10 games in, and we just kind of want to give our thoughts on the season thus far. Don't go anywhere. This is the Uptown Sports Crowd on Fox Sports Radio Charlotte. Welcome back to the Uptown Sports Crowd, Fox Sports Radio, Charlotte. I'm Ben Cole, here with my host, Mackie Gallagher. He's letting me do the back end. I always appreciate that. But uh, if you didn't know, we are now officially live on all platforms. We've now started a podcast for the show because we know 9 a.m. on a Sunday, it's tough. Saturday night, you're having fun, you're doing stuff. We know it's hard to tune in early Sunday mornings, but we're live. Apple Podcasts. Google Podcasts, Spotify, whatever platform you use, Pandora, any of them, any of them. Or you can just search up Uptown Sports Crowd Podcast on Google. Uh, But shout out to the people that do listen live every day. My mom, her friends in South Carolina right now tuning in. That's always nice to hear. My brother, he's not tuning in, but uh, he's <laughs> my, asleep. But shout brother. out to the people that do wake up. My mom uses uh, Pandora. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> she's a Pandora mom and... Uh, I don't know. I think she just goes on and just goes on Luke Bryan Radio. It just lets it ride. I don't even know if she can find the podcast for us. 
But no, we, I appreciate you, Ben, for always uploading those for us. The Uptown Sports Crowd on any app you listen to your podcast on. Yeah. Tune in. Commercial free. Commercial free. Now, granted, granted, you know, like we ought to date with some stuff. But like we said, we talk on we talk on Sunday. It's still an enjoyable show. It's something that killed time on the drive home. I know some of you are commuting from surrounding areas and not just live in Charlotte. Mm-hmm. And I know 77 southbound between the hours of 12 a.m. and 12 a.m. is miserable. So yeah, you know what will make it less miserable? Hearing two children talk <laughs> about sports that happened a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Well, let's talk about sports that happened last night. The Charlotte Hornets, Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn Nets are kind of, I knew that experiment wasn't going to work. Well, uh, <laughs> I'll go ahead and say that right now. I knew that one. They have some good players, but oh, yeah. Yeah, we're not even going to dive into all of the drama with the Nets. No, exactly what is happening is exactly what I expected to exactly happen, exactly the way it was, exactly. Um, but with <laughs> Yeah, the- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> With the Hornets right now, the Charlotte Hornets buzz buzz. They are three and seven. Wow! And what's unfortunate is that they were three and three not too long ago. I know, just a measly five hundred. But let's be fair, they're without the stars. Lamelo Ball still hurt. Ah, uh, this team should be good without Lamelo Ball. Lamelo <laughs> <laughs> Ball isn't the center of this team or this city when it comes to NBA basketball. Uh, Terry was out the first nine games. He was back last night, correct? Yes, and uh, the Nets spoiled that. Yes, they did. But three and seven, definitely a disappointing start, but not necessarily playing bad. Like you said, three and three a couple weeks ago. Just tough dealing with injuries. Three and seven is is expected. Yeah, and not to mention, I mean, their losses are against good teams. What? They lost to the Grizzlies. (laughs) They're on a four game losing streak, but they lost to the Grizzlies, uh, the Nets, the Bulls. I'm just laughing because <laughs> the first loss that like really just jumped out when you said there, there wasn't the good teams. They lost to the Magic by like 30 plus. <laughs> I know. And then the next day, they beat the Warriors. They beat the Golden State Warriors in overtime. Voice crack. But with, uh, with. <laughs> no, you're right. I was, there wasn't I was, a good teams, you know, was, the Orlando Magic, you know. I was talking about the four game losing stretch, <laughs> yeah. but you're, you're right. The Magic is a bad loss. No, and then Gordon Hayward's been out the last two games. Like you, I remember when we went to a game. What game? We went to the home opener against yeah, the Pelicans. Pelicans, and he took like a a hard hit. <laughs> and we like, said, "Oh, after the season." <laughs> he's like, "Oh, he's done." The way we looked at each other right when he fell, and we were just like, "After the season," thinking the same thing. And then two dudes in front of us started laughing. <laughs> Wrap it up. <laughs> oh man, yeah. And then Terry Rozier being out is really unfortunate. I love Terry Rozier. I mean, he's averaging about twenty three points a game. Or a little over 20 in the amount of games that he played, so a smaller sample size. Gordon's around 17, 18. Uh, and, you know, there was cr- when I went to the game Monday night on Halloween night, uh, who did they play? The Kings. That was a, that was a hard loss. To, yeah, we lost to the Kings. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Mason Plumley was looking like prime Jerry West for two specific possessions. <laughs> <laughs> two possessions. Two, not the whole game, but there were a couple. We got a couple spin around, little loop-de-loop and pull. Then the shoes are looking cool when he dunked the ball right over the whole Kings defense. But the thing that bothers me is I still don't like how the Hornets can't get a big man. Like, they just can't yeah. get a big man. That Anytime we play any established center, when Jonas Valanciunas came, he demolished us. Steven Adams. True. Demolished Y'all are us. lacking on size. We're lacking on size Athletic all the time. Athletic size. Athlete, yeah. <laughs> Ma- Mason Plumley is sized, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, and, like, B.J. Washington, he'll, he'll sub in as a center when he's on the floor and stuff, but he's, like, 6'10". When you're going up against a Jokic or an Adams but, or— But shout out Nick Richards. 
Yes. I mean, no, he's been holding it down, especially he, on the boards. He's been coming off the bench, playing as, like, in the center spot, and he's almost averaging, like, a double-double. Mm-hmm. He's averaging, like, 10 and 6 mm-hmm. a game. G League last year. take that off the bench. Yeah, and I know that was, a, that was a play that stood out to you the most when we went to the preseason game yep. a couple weeks back. Uh, and the main thing was, you know, Kenny Atkinson from the Warriors was supposed to, you know, accept the job as the head coach, and he backed out of it, which is also funny because we beat the Warriors the first time. So it's like, <laughs> But then Steve Clifford from the Magic came up, and, of course, Steve Clifford can't beat the Magic. But uh, when Steve Clifford came back, it feels weird going back to an old coach that you already had. It's kind of yeah. like, I like it's. Uh, but James Borrego, I think. <laughs> it's like uh, what? It's like I was gonna say it's. It's I liked Cam coming back uh, okay. la- like last but it year, felt weird. but it just it was like ah oh, we're going back to the yeah. X. Um, but <laughs> was I just making sounds or something? Just it's like, <laughs> uh, but James Borrego I thought did a great job with the rebuild and the young team. You know, fine, just trying to get them on the floor, get them playing time, get them comfortable uh, with their minutes. But the big thing with JB being the coach, there was really no defense. And then that's kind of what Steve Clifford's known for. But when Steve Clifford was here, he was never he never had an offense. So you're saying, ah, this is the season. And then now we're three and seven, battling injuries and stuff. But it was just weird going back with Steve Clifford. Uh, I'm happy that he is back. But I'm also excited to see how this team uh, plays moving forward. I mean, there's not really much to talk about. Three and seven, they're like 13th in the East. Yeah, nothing to really. I'm just, uh, whenever Lamelo comes back, hopefully uh, we can go on some kind of winning streak. But I haven't really seen the Hornets go on more than like a four-game win streak that much recently. And right now, being four games back. I just, like I said, I've been tweeting for years. I'm happy with the Hornets if they're 500. Yeah, that's all you can ask for. Yeah. Eight seed, just got to make get make it to the playoffs. Make it be a playoff contender. Mm-hmm. You know, just... Try and look competitive. Yeah, no matter how good they are, I'm always going to go to the games. I love going to Hornets games. Spectrum Center, you got Big Pat in there. You got oh, our yeah. boy. You got our boy Renee running the activations within the activations. The, the activations Bro, within the lobby booth? of Spectrum Center. If you, <laughs> you need a booth, we got we got a guy. <laughs> we got a guy. But yeah, Hornets three and seven. Hope to turn it around. Yeah, they play the Wizards tomorrow night. Home game. Go Home out. Game. Spectrum Arena. And then who do we play after that? The Trailblazers, I think. I think we play Portland after that. Which also be two games that the Hornets can win. Yeah, two winnable but games. We'll talk about it next week, you know. Yeah, we'll day. see what happens well, when they're whole. When they're whole. And we'll talk about it next week way after the fact. But uh, <laughs> uh, it's transitioning from, you know, Panthers, Hornets to Powerball Lottery. <laughs> <laughs> we did a lot of pool yes, this we did. week at work. It was kind of my idea, too. It and was. then I ended <laughs> they up. They put Ben in charge. Yeah, you... it's my entire. Friday morning was spent like acting as a tax collector, going around door to door in the office. You got your lotto money? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go um, here, take it. So and, yeah. our, and our accountant friends were so mad that we didn't do an Excel sheet. Oh yeah, everyone and the accounting people in our company, everyone was like, make an Excel sheet. I was, bro, I got a notepad. Um, bro, the Excel sheet comes on. I start twitching like the zombies from yeah. World War Z. Just. <laughs> Don't show me an Excel sheet. More than five cells? Heck no. Can't do that. Yeah, it was cells and formulas. And I don't think, uh, yeah, Y equal MX plus B. Um, <laughs> I don't think that we won. Uh, we're doing it all by hand and paper because we didn't do an Excel sheet. <laughs> but we pulled up the winning numbers that were drawn last night at 10.59 p.m. And we looked at the, the hundreds of winning sets of yeah, numbers well, well, first that we of all, had. So, yeah, we collected money from everyone in the office. We ended up having like about $300, so which equates to about 150 lottery tickets. Yeah. So first of all, it was very funny. I got put in charge, and so Mackie and I got put in charge, basically. We went to the gas station <laughs> to buy all of the tickets at lunch on Friday before the drawing last night. And I don't know if 
people listening are familiar with the meme that circulates where it's like a dude angry, like standing behind someone in front of him. And Buying the, a bunch of scratch Yeah, like the dude in the back is like, it's like me trying to put 10 on pump three. And then it's like the person in front, like playing the lottery and the person's mad behind. Oh my goodness. How accurate that was. Maggie and I walk in with an envelope of just cash. And we plop it on the counter. And I immediately, I'm just like, I'm sorry. I'm here for the Powerball. <laughs> he's like, no, you're good. I feel you. Yeah, if so, you win, bring me something. Yeah, oh, we said we'd give him a smooth milli at least mm-hmm. if uh, we won. But, um, yeah, so we asked for our 150 tickets. And thankfully, at the beginning, we were the only ones there. I was like, yeah. ooh, I don't feel like a jerk. Then right after I pull out the cash and this man starts counting, a man walks in and is just like, hey, I need a receipt on pump four. <laughs> and, of course, this is the only line open. And Mackie and I just looked down like, uh, just shoot ourselves. Because not, not only was it I need gas on pump four, it was just I need the receipt. <laughs> I need the I need the I can drive off. <laughs> it's like, all right, buddy, in a second, all right? We, we're only 100 tickets in. <laughs> we're being degenerates. <laughs> and I also think it was funny how um, – we were talking last night before the numbers, mm-hmm. you know, before we were checking the tickets. We were talking like we were going to win. Oh, absolutely. We were talking about our plans because if— You got to manifest. With all the people that were cutting it and after all of the taxes, if we did lump sum, we calculated that every person in our office would get $21 million. Which, I mean, that's chump change, but I, I'll, I mean, I'm fine with $21 million, All right. I can do. I, I can, can do. do. But uh, I thought it was funny how we were just talking like we were going to win. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to Bali. Uh, I'm going to Bali. I said I've never seen none <laughs> the of y'all Maldives. again. It's the Maldives. <laughs> Stop. Stop. <laughs> You've already confused too many people <laughs> in the office with Maldives. No, uh, that's funny because that was my first time ever playing the Powerball. Same. And, like, our boss was like, put the tickets in a safe. <laughs> but, uh, nobody's getting it. This so- man made us sign a contract if we won so we would all split <laughs> yeah, so it evenly. Split it so no one would get greedy or take out other people like the Joker and Dark Knight <laughs> Dark to Knight. get a bigger cut. Go burn go burn the money and everything. Just but, a little signature on napkins. But I thought it was funny that we were talking like we were going to win knowing damn well you have better odds of randomly choosing an a-, a NASA astronaut out of the world's population. And that is real. What? That is real. Wait, all right. Hold on, hold on. You, th- <laughs> you threw in space. <laughs> I'm confused. <laughs> so you have, there's random things that you have better odds of okay. than winning the lottery. One of those things is random. If you were to have a lineup of the world's population, you have better odds of randomly picking a person and them being a NASA astronaut. That's <laughs> there's 44 astronauts, I believe, like NASA astronauts in the world. Of like what seven billion? Yeah, I don't know what the world population is. I think it's over seven billion. But but yeah, you have better odds of randomly choosing one of those forty-four than winning the lottery. That's fine. Also, getting struck by lightning. Everyone knows that one. Yeah, bunch of random stuff. But uh, and we're over here like, yeah. So when we win, (laughs) you got to talk just confidence. Yeah, you got to speak it into existence. And now I got the itch. I want to do it more. Right? I'm sure this isn't a problem. (laughs) So we were looking at the tickets. We did win the actual Powerball number, like the last one on a couple of the tickets, which is four dollars. So we definitely won some. Of the money, there was one ticket. We got three numbers, I think. Ah. That is insane. Like that's actually insane to get fifty percent of the numbers. Dude, I feel like that's pretty crazy. That's right. We should get a hundred thousand for that. <laughs> like, but there was a winning ticket, right? That's what Jack said. He's our, like oh, one of our accounting friends. Yeah, he was like, ah, someone got a winning ticket. But you know, Jack, he's a smart guy. I trust him with my life. 
He has gotten me through college. Oh, no, him. he is totally wrong. The Powerball jackpot has now grown to an estimated $1.9 billion after no winning tickets were sold on Saturday Night Shark. We're still alive, baby! I've never trusted Jack. <laughs> <laughs> I've never trusted. <laughs> but no, that $1.9 billion? Oh, we're doing the same thing. Uh, every Friday. I think they're no. I think the drawings are Monday, Wednesday, Saturday, I know, or something. I know we're gonna we're gonna go to the gas station every single week. Collect. <laughs> we're gonna collect. We're gonna be bringing them nine hundred dollars a week. Just DJs. We're up in the buy-in to this week. We give us better odds. We give us better odds to find that astronaut. Now, what's the number one thing you think you would do if you win the lottery? Because like this is a conversation everybody has, and well, I'm not winning the lottery, you know. In this age of technology, where you see everything about everyone all the time, or you're seeing stuff like, oh, I didn't know this is how bridges were made in water, or something like that. <laughs> Have you seen that that yeah. video? And it still makes no sense how bridges are made in water. Uh, it's one of these things where I'm seeing all these crazy things about. So would it be too crazy for me, to, you know, to win the lottery? Maybe, but I see I see wild things all the time now. Yeah. Everything is documented. You're seeing things that I don't think humans are supposed to see. So I don't think it's wrong to really think about what you're going to do with the lottery. And I think it's manifested, putting the good vibes, putting the good energy. Yeah. Get your chakra, cleanse the air. So, so hypothetically, it's different because let's say like in our work pool, if we're each only getting $21 million, I'm that vastly changes my decision making. Oh, 100%. As, let's assume I'm winning the full on like, you know, $400 million take home gotcha. lump sum. Uh, I don't think I would be like a $400 millionaire. Well, okay, so first of all, I'm definitely not going to be one of those dummies that blows it all. No. I'd probably no. hire like the first thing I'm doing actually is hiring an advisor and then like a little home staff, like a like a chef staff, yeah. because I eat, you know, Same. like garbage every day. Chef is what I would want. And, like. and I don't like cooking. I'm not really good at cooking. So it would be nice to have just like home cooked prepped meals that I don't even have to worry about. Mm-hmm. And I'd pay them a good wage. As you should. Yeah, as I should. But I'd obviously donate a lot too. Like I said, like I wouldn't be if I was a billionaire, I wouldn't be a billionaire, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. Because no, I don't think you need that much money. Nah, you don't. Yeah. I'm I'm making sure that my mom and brother are set for life. Yeah, like I'm making sure my fam's good, everyone's good, yeah. I'm donating my, my a lot. Friends, yeah. My friends' college tuition's gone or college debt gone. Uh definitely taking the craziest year vacation I could ever think of at least. Um but no, I would give uh I would donate a lot of stuff back to my hometown, like within the high schools and like the announcements stuff. I talk about that like PA systems for all the high schools. Wow. I'm like Oprah. <laughs> I've always thought about that because I don't know, I always want to do that. I would give a lot. To the research on climate change. <laughs> like, yeah. I, we need to know more about that. Yeah, we need to doing. solve that. Ish. Or world hunger. I mean, the fact that a lot of these... All right, never mind. <laughs> Let me just <laughs> okay. myself. We know what we <laughs> would try to help out the world as best as we can. Yeah. But also, I, I let me backtrack because you made me sound like a jerk. You were like, I was like, first thing I'm doing is hiring a personal chef. No, I said and first thing. And you were like, all right, I'm going to take care of my mom, my family. <laughs> now, that's what I would that's do, implied. too. But I yeah, know. that's implied. Obviously, like, if I win that much money, everyone around me is rich as well. Yeah. Like, yeah, you're like, not y'all working. paying for anything. Yeah, no one is paying for anything. I got you. Right. But, um... To the personal stuff, I would do stuff like that. But yeah, uh, yeah, we would. So we'd be good with it. Do you think? And this is all like this is all hypothetical. But the more we talk about it, the better chance it has to come true. <laughs> it's scientifically proven. Do you think you would be a person that buys like the most wildest house or car that you could think no. of? No, I was thinking that literally the other night before like the drawing. I don't think I'd even move because like first oh, of all, I don't like. It's already hard enough to clean my four hundred and fifty <laughs> square foot apartment. I don't want to clean anymore. 
So I don't even think, and I'm content with it. Like, I don't need, I'm right in the heart of South End. I don't want to live in some big mansion, you know, 20 minutes away from everything. Right. But I mean, as it it would be cool, but. uh, I would definitely have like vacation homes, I would say. In places. That. Like, or yeah. I would buy. I saw a clip of this that Mark Cuban did this one after he like sold his first company for a bunch mm-hmm. of money. You can buy pass like lifetime passes through uh air air uh, uh brain fart airlines. Yeah. So like you can fly anywhere for you know for like one hundred twenty five thousand dollars a year for the rest of your or like mm. you know, the rest of your life or something. I would, I would do. I that. would do that. Yeah. Like just a Friday night, be like, hey boys, want to go to you know Paris? Yeah. Like, no, let's do it. Because, like, I don't, like, I wouldn't get one of these houses. And like I said, I'm saying I, but who knows? If I have $400 million, <laughs> I'm over here. <laughs> no, money changes a lot of things. But based on, uh, I don't think I would need, like, especially me being 25 right now, I wouldn't buy, like, a 20-bedroom mansion, 15 no. Be- no, because then you just get lonely. That would make stuff. me feel depressed. That would, that's yeah. like, walking around, like, some, like, it's like the, it's like the beginning of some kind of horror movie where they, like, stumble yeah. upon it. And it's just, like, one lone, like, butler just in there. Uh I would definitely get a nice car. I would I would have to get one crazy car. That's that I probably See, I probably wouldn't drive that much, but just to just to have. Like just one of those wild cars that are just in a garage. Yeah, but that not, light blue Subaru Outback, baby. <laughs> I hate that you said Subaru Outback because that's the car that I've gutted for now. I know. That's, <laughs> that's what like, I'm saying. That's like the number one car. I'm like, if I have to drop money on a car. That light blue Subaru Outback. Mm. Dream car. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, that's my dream car. Like, I won the lottery. What are you getting? I'm getting a 2023 Hyundai Sonata. <laughs> Tell him to bring me my money. <laughs> right? No, I would, I would get vacations on everywhere. Oh, my number one place I've always been wanting to visit, and then I've been saying this at work, is probably Bali. Why? I don't know why. Just every picture and video I see. Because I've never been to, like, a tropical place. I think... And this isn't tropical, but the closest thing would probably be Positano, Italy, when I went and visited family over there. It's like one of those mountainous towns in Italy on the Amalfi Coast, Mediterranean Sea is right there. But, like, I've never been to, like, Jamaica or, like, the Cayman Islands, St. Lucia, St. Martin, whatever these, like, any island that you see these cruises or, like, friends go to. I've never been out there. Well, it does look very beautiful because right when you said Bali, it made me think this person I know from home is currently in Bali. Um... Looks like she's trying to be an influencer of some sorts. It says, mm. currently, Bali. Um, and she has 1,500 followers. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, those are very pretty. She's no, posted exactly. some pictures. Yeah. It's just the mountains. It's the crystal. Like, and that, that's why that I bring blue up, water. And that's why I bring up Positano because that's the bluest water, the clearest water I've ever been in. You could be swimming 50 yards off the shore, and these beaches are all rocks, not sand. And you can just look down, and the rocks get bigger the further the further you go out in the water. And you can look down and see fish just swimming under you, between you and the rocks. And yeah. I, and so that's always—I told my mom, uh, I was like, the next vacation we go on, if we do go on, like, a big, like, week-long family one, like, I want it to be somewhere, like, tropical. tropical. Like Aruba or something. Like, let's go to Jamaica. I don't want to do cruises. Cruises scare me. I'm scared. I am. We talked about cruises this on— Cruises are fun. We talked about this on WASU, man. I was like, it was just, I said, just watching Titanic so much growing up. I'm just not a fan of boats. And they said, cruises never sink. Uh, this is Scott Spicker, Joshua Cormier, Grace Salter. And the day after that show, a cruise got hit. They had to all get in the lifeboat. They got they rescued, hit. though. Like, like a Titanic situation will never happen again. We have helicopters. We have communication. Like, I get that. I'd be more afraid of flying. Watch the movie Poseidon. Like, you can't rescue, you can rescue people on a cruise ship. Oh, we're segueing into a completely different conversation <laughs> here. You can save people on a cruise ship. You can't save people on a plane that's crashing. 
At that point. You can't fly in another plane and be like, everybody get on this other plane. <laughs> everybody get on this <laughs> other plane. No, I don't know. I think cruise, uh, just being in the middle of the ocean just terrifies me. No. Oh, that is, the ocean is scary. scary. That's what I'm saying. But no, I'm just, somewhere tropical, not a cruise. That's all I ask. If I have $400 million, I think I can make that work. Yeah. Mm. Give us some good juju, everybody. Give us some juju through the radio right now, through your uh, Spotify, Pandora, or uh, whatever, the Apple Music app. <laughs> Go ahead and give your little wave your fingers like Saul Goodman does when he wants a voicemail on Better Call Saul. Send us good juju. Is there anything else you'd like to say to Charlotte, North Carolina, before we clock out for this morning? Mm, pressure. No, I don't think so. Have a good Sunday. Watch Panthers games. Uh, eat good food. Laugh. Laugh. That's the most important thing. We appreciate you tuning into the Uptown Sports Crowd right here on Fox Sports Radio Charlotte. This will be available via podcast sometime soon, so follow us on all podcast apps. Have a great day, and go Panthers.